0: Hello and welcome to the Property Investing Australia podcast, where we'll be covering the right way to invest in property without taking the unnecessary risks, how to manage your money, and how to build the right mindset so that you can achieve your financial and wealth-building goals. I'm your host, Nero Thambi Palay. Hi, it's Nero here from Investment Rise, and today I want to talk about what's actually happening in our Australian property market. Because right now, it seems that almost everyone is talking about a property boom. We've got Westpac who are expecting 15% capital growth across the the country with Brisbane expected to lead the way with a spectacular 20% of capital growth over the coming uh, three years. We've got uh, ANZ who are expecting 9.5% capital growth. We've got CBA who are sitting at around about the 10% mark. And we haven't yet heard from uh, NAB, although I expect they'll be somewhere similar as well. Then we have CoreLogic who've come out and said now that we've seen October price data, we've seen November price data, and for both those months, property prices across the country have actually increased. So it seems that right now, property prices certainly are um, on on the move, um, and then according to the Australian Bureau of Statistics, it seems that right now, Australians, we're in a bit of a buying frenzy. In fact, the amount of money borrowed to buy housing just hit a record, $22.5 billion in October. And what's being interesting when you look at the the graph is that the majority of this activity is owner-occupied activity. So it's people either upgrading their, their homes, buying their their first homes or refinancing their their own home for for a better rate to unleash equity, whatever the case might be. But investment activity is still low. And in fact, when I speak to a lot of investors, the common theme seems to be, well, how can we be talking about a property boom when there are all these units sitting there on the market that are currently vacant. You know, Many uh, investors are having to drop their rent uh, because you know it's hard to get a tenant on, on these units. And so it's no wonder then when you kind of hear this two sides of, of, of the story, you know, someone's saying that there's a boom, but then others saying, oh, hold on, you know, our units aren't, aren't renting, the unit market is, 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 is in trouble. It's no wonder many investors are kind of sitting on their hands, uh, waiting to see what's gonna happen waiting for the the perfect time to to buy it it just doesn't seem like like you know these two stories add up or do they what happens if instead of looking at the australian property market as a whole we split it we look at the unit market and we look at the freestanding house market we actually look at those two markets differently now mind you what i think is going to happen is that this post COVID environment that we're in, is only going to accentuate what's already been happening over the last few years. And what I mean by that is this, over the last, I would say, five years, since about 2015, the freestanding home market and the unit markets have actually performed differently from both a capital growth perspective and from a rentability perspective. So in fact, let's go now and look at the rolling rents of houses versus apartments for the last three months. And when we look at the data, what we see is as expected, rents across units have dropped, right? That should not come as as a surprise uh, uh, for you. But when you look at the average rents across freestanding homes, rents are actually on the increase. So many Property investors who have gone down the path of buying freestanding homes rather than units are actually seeing their rents on the rise. They're seeing their returns increase, right? And that's the first change that we're seeing between uh, units versus houses. But then consider this if you look at Australia as a whole, where are the majority of units located? Sydney and Melbourne, right? And so, what's happening though in those two markets? Well, Sydney and Melbourne right now are the two markets that are a bit of a drag on Australian property prices, right? So, even though yes, average property prices across the country are rising, when you break it down, it certainly looks like Sydney and Melbourne are the two markets that are struggling the, the most. Yes, there are certain pockets that are rising, but overall, those two markets are not performing as well as many other markets around the country. So it's no wonder then that many investors from Sydney and Melbourne are going, what property boom, right? Okay, And they're sitting on on their hands because we're so used to seeing the typical pattern of Sydney leading the property boom, Melbourne then to follow, and then the rest of the country kind of playing catch up. Well, that's not gonna be the case this time. The boom is gonna work very, very differently. And also, we're going to see, as I said earlier on, houses perform very differently to uh, apartments. So if you think you could do what maybe some people did five to 10 years ago, and that was in a buy and off the plan unit uh, somewhere, and have it be worth $200,000 more than what you paid for it by the time it completes and settles, I think you're gonna be in for a quite a rude and, and painful shock. I think those days are well and truly behind us, at least for the next few years. Because the old investing paradigm was, if you can't afford a house in a particular suburb, then go and buy a, a unit, right? Because then you'll be fine, because you know as long as you buy in the right location, you're gonna be okay. But the fact is that paradigm has changed. So let's take Melbourne, for for example. Over the last five years, in suburbs like Abbotsford, Doncaster, Richmond, unit prices in 2020 are about what they were all the way back in 2015. Okay, take Sydney. Let's take two suburbs like Strathfield and Castle Hill. Now, in those two suburbs, the freestanding house market has risen considerably. Houses, house prices in 2020 are much higher than they were back in 2015, but The unit market, average unit price in Castle Hill in 2020 is about 1% less than it was in 2015. And in Strathfield, average unit prices are about the same in 2020 as they were back in 2015. So what does that show you? That shows you that you can't apply the old paradigm of, oh, I wanna buy in this particular suburb because I think it's a great suburb from my perspective of capital growth. All right, I can't afford a house, I'm gonna buy a unit there. It's not gonna work that way, all right? So if you haven't already got a key takeaway message, I'm really hoping you you, you get this, and it's that focus on freestanding homes for your next investment uh, property. If you can't afford a home in a particular suburb, don't buy an apartment there, go elsewhere. Look for another suburb or another area where you can find a freestanding home that meets your particular budget. And if you live in Sydney and Melbourne, be open to investing outside your your local markets, right? Because Sydney and and Melbourne, I believe will be the two markets that are probably gonna struggle a little bit for the next few years, why? Because they're the two markets that are most vulnerable to overseas migration. They're the two markets that have most exposure uh, to overseas students two things that are in very, very short supply. And it's no wonder prices uh, in general are still struggling in in many, many pockets of of Sydney and and, and Melbourne, right? But then you take a city like like Brisbane, where 60% of the suburbs have recorded price growth in 2020. And there are also many regional areas that are really leading the the the, the growth in terms of um, uh, prices some of them have even risen as much as a third in just 2020 so you really want to do your research and look at areas where you're going to get maximum capital growth but the question though is for many people well what's driving this price growth i mean it's not as if our population is is you know rapidly expanding because we don't have um, migration so what is it that's driving it ultimately comes down to one thing. Money. Let me explain. First of all, we have record low interest rates at the moment, and property prices have always been fueled by low interest rates. And so when you consider interest rates at record lows, when you consider fixed interest rates, many of them are which are about half of what they were pre-COVID, it is easier than ever to borrow money It's easier than ever to afford property uh, right now, even with with prices rising. Then we also have to consider that lending restrictions are gradually being unwound, making it easier for for people to to borrow so you can borrow more uh, now, and certainly from March next year, you'll be able to borrow more than you, you, you could previously without you earning any extra money. Okay, so access to credit has never been easier and never been cheaper. Then number two, and this is, going to sound totally crazy and I couldn't believe it until I saw the data myself but let's have a look at the CBA cash savings indicator and what that shows us is that first of all it's based on the average total savings per household including home lending related savings and transactions or savings statements and it's rocketed up to be 15% higher than it was this time last year and CBA believe it's still growing. So, that means that CBA believe according to their data, the average household has 15% more cash than they did in savings this time last year. And with record low interest rates, people know that no matter how much cash they have, they're not gonna be able to save their way to financial freedom. So sure, a lot of that money is going to find its way into the economy in terms of consumer goods. So yes, I expect more people are gonna buy you know, big screen TVs, but at the same time, a lot of this money is also going to find its way into property, because more people have bigger savings, they've got more deposit power, so they, you know, they've got the ability to save the deposit, or they've saved that deposit already, which means with the easier access to, to borrowing, they now have the deposit, they're going to be able to build that property portfolio as well. And that's going to fuel property prices even more. In fact, according to CBS calculations, there's a hundred billion dollars worth of extra savings that's been accumulated since the start of COVID-19, $100 billion, right? That's huge. And then when you consider not just low interest rates, not just easy access to credit, not just the fact that there's now $100 billion worth of savings of the average, that Australians didn't have uh, before, but the fourth thing is that our Australian government has pumped in on last count around about $300 billion worth of fiscal support to support and prop up our economy. Now, a lot of that is also finding its way into property construction and everything else so with all this money either lying around in savings accounts or with all this money uh, you know in the economy and people have access to that credit to fuel it into property prices it's no wonder property prices are rising but there is no doubt about it that certain suburbs are going to perform differently if you think that. The markets that performed the best in the last property boom are gonna be the same ones that perform the best in this property boom. I think you're gonna make some wrong decisions. We're starting to see the data right now. Uh, look at the reg- regional areas that are doing very well. Even in Sydney and Brisbane, which markets are doing quite well at the moment, the best performing areas are the suburbs on, on the fringe, the outer suburbs, the freestanding house market, it's not the, the unit market. So, yes, there is going to be a lot of money, I believe, to be made from property investors. Uh, yes, it has never, ever been easier to get both positive cash flow and capital growth, but certainly do your research, identify the right opportunities, and I believe you're going to have a great time with property investing from 2021. Hey, it's Nero here again, and thanks so much for listening. If you found this episode valuable and you think you might like my help to find an investment property, then head on over to nerocall.com. That's nero n i r o call c a l l.com. Head over to nerocall.com to discover our unique five-step process that's now helped our private client group purchase well over 66.8 million dollars worth of property. And then If you like what you see, you can book in for a property consult with me personally. Either way, thanks again for listening.